Excuse me, but are you loving this podcast? If you are, you can support the show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. All you have to do is hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Excuse me, I have something to say. Hello and welcome to Excuse Me, the podcast where we have real and open conversations about life and everything it throws at us. I'm your host, Sean Philip Naylor, and if you're tuning in for the first time, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never have to miss an episode. You can also join in the conversation by surfing your way over to the show's official website or follow along on the show's official Twitter, Facebook or Instagram pages where you can slide into my DMs and let me know your thoughts on the show or even future topics you'd like me to tackle. And as always, those links are embedded into the show notes for you. Hi everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast, Excuse Me. As always, I want to start with a big old thank you for coming back to the regular listeners. Love having you around. Keep up the good work. To anybody who is new and is just discovering the podcast this week, hello, welcome, pleasure to have you here. Don't forget to click that subscribe button and remember that if you are listening through Apple or podcasts, you can rate and review the podcast over there to help elevate these conversations so more people can hear them. This week's episode, I am taking it back to the very beginning and I'm going solo for this one. I do, however, need to just lay out a little uh, disclaimer and a little bit of a trigger warning. This episode of the podcast is about dealing with loss and death, losing a loved one. And if this is something that could potentially be quite triggering for you, or it's something that you're dealing with right now, then please feel free to either not listen to this episode or come back at a later date when you might be feeling a little bit stronger. Um, It does get quite emotional. So this is actually an episode of the podcast that I did want to share with you, but I've, I've kind of shied away from it for a little while because it's such an emotional topic for discussion. And when you're dealing with loss of a loved one, it's personal, you know, every situation, every scenario, every relationship is very different. And the way that losing someone that you love and care about, it will affect everybody very differently. What I am going to do in this episode is I'm going to revisit 
the blog post I wrote about losing my dear friend Flynn. The blog can still be found over on the official website, excuse me, I have something to say.com. And it does, I guess, in this instance, kind of read a little bit like a transcript. And the reason I've done it that way and gone back to read that blog post and revisit that blog post, but now doing it in a podcast format was simply the only way I could do it because I had words that I'd already written in front of me. If I had to have this conversation with someone else or I had to, um, I guess, try and create those words and, and those feelings that I was feeling at the time, I don't think I would be able to do it comfortably or be able to put that work out there and have that conversation out there for people to listen to. Um, I honestly just truthfully think it would be much too raw for me. So by going back and and revisiting how I was feeling at the time, I wrote that blog post. Uh, It's allowed me to actually, I guess it's been a bit therapeutic for me to be able to have this conversation. As I said, it does get uh, quite emotional at times. Another motive for wanting to to share this story is to put it out there in order to help people see that they are not necessarily the only people going through this sort of thing. And this week, this topic has made itself quite relevant uh, in my life. So a, a dear friend of ours has just lost his grandmother. And that's incredibly sad. And so, of course, he's going to be going through so much right now. And at the same time, this week, I have had some bad news from the UK for for my grandmother, um, who has also been suffering terribly with cancer. So I feel now probably is a good time for this conversation to come up. If you are affected by any of the topics which we discuss in this episode, I will be putting links to helpful helplines uh, down in the show notes for the show. As I'm sure you can tell, this is already a difficult topic for me to discuss. I'm already having a moment. But uh, yeah, I will do do my best to put the right kind of links uh, in the show notes for you guys. So... Here we go. Let me share a very personal story with you and let me share with you a little bit about one of the best people I've ever known. Recently, I lost a dear friend of mine to that awful illness that touches us all, cancer. It was my gorgeous friend, Flynn. Flynn, whose real name is Errol, not hard to see how we uh, came up with that nickname for her, who I would describe as one of the most genuine people I've ever known. She was one of the kindest souls with the biggest of hearts. She was a complete geek and so funny and so smart. Flynn didn't deserve to go through the years-long battle with cancer that she did, but then again, who does? She faced every diagnosis and every treatment head on, guns ablazing with so much dignity and such a positive outlook. 
Recently, I was told that in life, we have our biological family and we have our logical family. The logical family being the people and friends who just understand us and love us through all the ups and downs. And Flynn was definitely my logical big sister. She came into my life at a point when I needed her. But of course, I didn't know that yet. I often describe Flynn as someone who changed the trajectory of my life and that I wouldn't be who I am today without her friendship or her counsel. Unfortunately, though, as the years passed by, we all knew that someday our Flynn would no longer be with us. I met Flynn 17 years ago when I was 18. I'd just come out as gay and had just started working in a local gay club in my hometown called Street Life. For the most part, people were pretty kind. However, I quickly learned about the pecking order and the hierarchy of the gay club scene. I naturally, I gravitated towards Flynn. She was kind and she was nurturing to all of the new staff. We started to build a friendship and I always looked forward to the shifts when I would be working with her because Flynn didn't work there all that often as she was studying and getting a PhD. Um, she was kind of interesting and aloof. Over the next few years, my logical family really took shape. Most of us all worked together in the gay scene and they were sort of, I guess, in the gay world particularly, you have a lot of people who come from families there where they may no longer be accepted. So you kind of form your own family. And I know that happens for a lot of people in different demographics, but just in my experience, it, it's quite, it, it's very present in the gay scene. So we would all spend so much time together and we always had so much fun. There was myself, Flynn, Alexandra, Emma, Chris, and the one and only Jules. And it was through Jules that we became friends with her university uh, housemate, Michelle, and her little sister who is just a force to be reckoned with. And she is like, she and I are incredibly close. Her name's also Emma. And uh, later on through Jules, we also became friends with Rachel. As the years came and went, some of us had drifted apart. Some of us had moved away. Um, and to this day, we're all still friends because of things like social media. But I really remain incredibly close with Jules, Michelle, Emma and Flynn. Eventually, though, I moved back to Australia and over the years, the distance and the time differences have sometimes proven difficult to manage. For a while there, with Flynn in particular, I experienced something that I refer to as radio silence. But this was around the time that she was going through the, the thick of it with her cancer and her diagnosis and, and everything that goes with that. And she later on told me that she just didn't want to worry me. Sometimes back then... When I was having a rough time, I would try to call her on the phone and I would let it ring out and I was able to hear her voice through her voicemail. Yeah, I do that. I would do that quite often. And it was during those silent years that I, I never, ever held it against her as it was her battle and she needed to go through it and do it her way. In 2017, though, I got a call from Jules telling me that Flynn was in a fairly bad way with her cancer diagnosis and she'd been given a time frame. And so if I wanted to uh, see Flynn, even if it was just for one last time, I was going to have to 
to go over there and get there to see her. So needless to say, we obviously started saving as much money as we could to make the trip over and spend some time with Flinny. And by November, my partner Benny and I were on a plane to the UK. And I was having so many feelings about everything. I was feeling so sad and so nervous about seeing Flynn. I mean, I hadn't even seen a picture of her in a long time and I didn't know what to expect. And at the same time, I was also so excited to catch up with my family who live in the UK, both logical and biological. And I was also really excited for Benny because he'd never been to the UK before and had always wanted to go. And so this was a trip of a lifetime for him at the same time. So, so many feelings were going on. Once there, though, and we'd done the rounds with the friends and family, uh, we did a bit of sightseeing before heading over to Wales uh, with Jules, which is where Flynn had been living the past few years. We arrived at this beautiful little cottage that we'd booked through Airbnb, and it was at the sort of at the bottom of the mountains in the middle of nowhere. It was absolutely picturesque. It was gorgeous. We arrived at the cottage first and when Flynn showed up, she got uh, she got called a big faker uh, because other than a slight limp and a super short, cute pixie haircut, you would have never known that anything had been wrong with her. So once again, Flynn was showing us all how to gracefully handle a really bad hand that's been dealt to you by life. And that weekend will go down as one of the best in my entire life. We laughed so much. We drank our favorite wines. We played games. We ate great food and created new memories. And I have to say at this point, a big thank you to Benny because uh, the time, particularly the time in Wales in the cottage with the girls, he was so gracious and he made sure that everybody's glass was always full and he was making sure that breakfast was being cooked and There was beautiful food for us to eat and he really made that whole special moment even more special. And it was great because Benny finally got to meet my people. And the whole trip for me, as I said, was nothing short of perfect. When we flew home back to Australia, the days of radio silence, they were long gone. We all shared regular updates and group chats and about 12 months passed by when I got a message from Flynn And she said that her prognosis wasn't looking good, but she will be fighting as she still has so much to do and so much to see. She loved to prove the doctors wrong. I was just hoping that she would be able to make it till Christmas. Flynn loved Christmas and so do I. I mean, she she even has a tiny little Christmas town that she brings out every year in her house. Thankfully, she did get to see Christmas. The message updates kept coming and she did a great job of playing down her symptoms to me. Back in Australia for Christmas, we spent it at the creek. So that's a a little creek, very quiet little creek, not too far from our, our house that Benny and I have some really fond memories at. And we decided that the family were all gonna have Christmas at the creek that year. I took a picture of Benny floating around the creek on an inflatable flamingo, which is hilarious. If you know Benny, I sent it to Flynn with a simple Merry Christmas and she sent one back. And this, I didn't realize at the time, this was the very last communication I, that would ever happen between 
the two of us. And it was a Merry Christmas message. And for me, that was, that was the way it was supposed to be. Um, over the next days, I knew something was wrong though, because she, I had sent her a couple of other messages, which she hadn't responded to. And on New Year's Eve, when we had poor, poor Amanda, we had Benny's friend Amanda come over for New Year's Eve that year and had a couple of wines. And then I had a big old breakdown. I had the. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. thought that Flynn might not get to see another new year begin and... If that's the case, then she's not going to get another birthday. And I started to cry. And then I began to sob. The tears were falling and coming so hard and fast that I couldn't catch a breath. Here I am on New Year's Eve, crying in Benny's chest, trying to verbalize all of my feelings to him between sobs. No matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't stop crying. And I couldn't breathe. I felt like I was being suffocated by my own sadness, if that makes sense. And a few weeks prior to this, Benny, who had lost a brother years earlier, tried to tell me that he was concerned for me and what was coming. He described it to me as a wave coming at me and that there was nothing he or anyone could do or say to prepare me for it. It must be such a helpless feeling knowing the kind of wave of emotions which are about to hit a loved one and also knowing that they just have to go through it. In the past, I have had to say goodbye to pets like everyone else does. I've, I've lost grandparents. I remember when we had to have our family dog, Mila, put to sleep. That was a sad day. I went to work in the morning. I came home on my lunch break expecting her to be there so I could say goodbye. And unfortunately, I was too late. My stepdad, Brian, had already taken her to the vet. Uh, I called my mum. I remember saying, trying to hold back the tears, uh, saying to make sure that Brian remembered to bring her collar home. Then my grandfather, Ken, had a heart attack, which he recovered from. And again, years later, when he, he did pass away, I remember really hoping that I'd made him proud in some way. 
I'm see I'm the first and currently the only grandchild in my family who identifies as gay and for years years I was encouraged not to say anything to my grandparents as they they were from a different generation and they might not understand but later when they eventually did find out my granddad made a very inappropriate yet very funny remark that made me think he might be okay with me being gay or at the very least be comfortable enough to make a joke and that was enough for me I loved my granddad so much and still to this day I find myself hoping that he's proud of the man that I've become from a very young age we learn that pets and grandparents won't always be there and, and we're lucky to have them in our lives when we do we kind of mentally I guess maybe subconsciously are preparing ourselves for their departure, hoping that knowing might make it easier somehow. I don't know. But when Benny warned me that losing Flynn was going to feel different, I didn't understand what he meant. So on that New Year's Eve, when I couldn't catch my breath, when the tears refused to stop, he had perfectly and I guess unexpectedly captured the emotion of it all. It is like a wave. It's like it's like being lost at sea at night in a storm you're being pulled under you get dragged down by the emotional waves and the sadness it forces you under and you struggle to resurface from underneath i guess your tears you you, you manage to to catch a, a breath you gasp for breath as the next wave pounds you back under but you continue to try and you continue to fight it Eventually, I gave into it and I just rode that wave of sadness and the tears began to pass, at least for that night. On the 2nd of January, I went back to work and it was around about 11 o'clock in the morning. I was telling my friend and colleague, Tanil that I felt something was wrong with Flynn, that a part of me was expecting a phone call to tell me the worst because, you know, I wasn't hearing anything back from her and I just knew deep down inside myself that something was wrong and that that phone call was coming the very next morning I went about my routine put on my music whilst getting ready for work as I normally do halfway through my gorgeous bathroom performance of make your own kind of music by Paloma Faith my phone rang and it was Jules my phone's buzzing Jules's beautiful face sitting there smiling up at me as my phone vibrated on the bench, I just looked at it with dread. See, Jules and I, we usually converse through messages, so I know exactly what was coming. I sat down on the end of my couch, took a breath, picked up the call. Hello, my love. Hiya, pal. Which is Jules's preferred way to greet people. Um, I said to her, is this the call that I think it is? Yes, buddy. Flynn's gone. How I felt after that call still perplexes me. Jules is the biggest sweetheart. And I tell you, I'm her number one fan. And I'm so proud of her for managing to keep her shit together on that call. Because I don't think I could have done it. The sweetest part was when she was sort of nonchalantly asked me where Benny was. And I told her that uh, he'd already gone to work. And she got so mad at herself because she, quote unquote, didn't do it right. 
and you know by not making sure that I had someone there with me for support before giving me the news the truth is Jules I wasn't alone I had you on the other end of the phone that was all I needed at that point um, Jules and I we spoke for a short time I asked her questions she answered I guess the ones that she could we told each other how much we loved each other and we ended the call I put my phone down and I took a deep breath in and I held it in. And I got to tell you, I don't remember letting it out. My mind was silent. I was still. And I felt as though I could hear everything so clearly. Every little tweet coming from the birds outside my window. I could hear the wind rustling through the leaves of the neighbor's palm trees. The creak coming from the ceiling fan as it spun around on its fastest setting. I could hear neighbors' kids two streets away. I still don't know if in that moment I was incredibly distant or really in the moment. The silence in my soul was making the background noise feel deafening. I could feel my eyes welling up with tears and I just sat there. I could feel the tears reaching the brim of my eyelids, ready to fall. They didn't fall. They just stayed there, never quite managing to roll out. I got up and I walked over to the back door of my house. I opened it and I took one step outside. There was a warm morning breeze. It was beautiful. Here I was looking at this brand new day which was also Flynn's very last. I felt like a stranger in my own body. And as random as it sounds, I couldn't help but have a little flashback to the episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer when Buffy's mother dies. I remember standing there in my doorway, thinking to myself how perfectly they had managed to capture the first moments of a loss through a television show. Then I got mad at myself for thinking about a television show when I should have been thinking about my friend. It was by far one of the strangest emotional moments I've ever experienced. I went back inside and I sat down. I took another moment to myself before picking up my phone and calling Benny and then my mum. I sent a text message to Emma as Jules had told me on the phone that Michelle was giving Emma the news. I called work. I took the day off to process, but truth be told, I don't really remember too much of the day. I was in a bit of a daze and it just didn't feel real. I did make my way to a local tattoo parlor where I had Flynn's name tattooed on my arm next to the compass to Neverland from Peter Pan, which I had done after we came back from the UK trip. The next few days were spent messaging back and forth with my logical family and reaching out to Flynn's fiance, Gray. I couldn't make it to the funeral and that was eating me up inside. Gray insisted that Flynn would understand that I shouldn't beat myself up about it. And, you know, I shared with him some of my feelings and memories of Flynn, which he worked into her eulogy, which I'm so grateful for because this gave me some peace of mind and it allowed me to feel like I was there in some way 
Because of the time difference between the UK and Australia, when Flynn's funeral was taking place, it was close to midnight here. Benny had gone to bed, but I wanted to stay awake for a while longer. I went outside to look at the stars. Flynn loved the stars. I have four tattoos dedicated to Flynn over the years, uh, three of which contain stars. I sat on the ground in my backyard and I started speaking to Flynn in, in her new home up in the stars. Since we lost Flynn, it's been so tough for me and all who knew her. She was such an inspiration to all of us and she touched a lot of lives. I find myself full of anger as I chart these unfamiliar waters of loss. I'm resentful that the universe took my friend away. She fought so damn hard. Every time she managed to pick herself up, the universe pushed her back down. And she would just get right back up again. Flynn didn't deserve this. That's not how things are supposed to work. She fought every single day. She was supposed to win. She deserved to win. She deserved to have beaten the cancer, to have gotten married to Grey in a beautiful ceremony where we all would have seen her glowing with love on that day. Flynn deserved to grow old in the home of her dreams where she, where we could go and hang out and talk about all the memories that we created. I'm angry. I don't understand how she could just be gone. Like, where did she go? I find myself asking that question a lot. Every time I look up at the stars, I, I ask myself, where are you, Flynn? Are you up there? There's so much that we don't understand about loss, about grief, about life and death. But what I do know is that Benny got it right. Grief is like a wave. You're standing on the shore and it's coming for you. Sometimes you can see it, but you can never stop it. The best you can do is try to stay afloat and hope to ride it out. But it is unpredictable. It's been over a year and I'm still on my wave. And I'm trying to forgive the universe for taking Flynn. I don't know if I'll ever truly be able to. But for now, I will join the ranks of people who continue to live with loss. As we watch the wave approaching others, who will eventually get past the breaking waves and into the calmer water on the other side, where we all sit and we wait for the next wave. The last thing I would like to do is share with you all a message we received from Flynn in the final months. It shows how brave she was right up until the end. Our Wonder Woman. The message read, So, for me now, it's just a matter of time. They can't say how long, so I'm taking every day as it comes and enjoying everything. I'm going with a big smile on my face after doing all the things I wanted. I hate telling the people I love this, 
but I did promise. I think my wings came in early. I have a few jobs to do where you guys can't go right now. Errol Flynn Roberts. So guys, that's a wrap for this episode of Excuse Me. I want to thank you so much for allowing me to share my story and my experience with you. I hope it's helped for anyone who might be going through something similar. I hope it's helped you realize that you're not as alone as you might feel right now. As mentioned at the top of the show, I have put some helpful links in the show notes. Remember, there is always a friend, a family member or a professional that is ready and willing to listen and support you. Next week, I promise the show will be a little bit more upbeat. But this was a conversation that this week, emotionally, I just needed to put out there. So again, thank you so much for listening. You know my Insta, my website, if you want to share with me your thoughts and feelings, go for it. I love hearing back from all of you. But until next time, stay safe, look after yourselves, give your loved ones a big hug, and I'll see you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.